Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today, and I am glad to be joined by Dan Boyce, who's a retired certified financial planner and a registered life planner. And he also happens to be a really important mentor and friend to me. Um, Dan, this is your second time on our podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here again. Well, I'm glad to have you. And when we did our original podcast recording, which was on, you know, kind of um, planning through retirement, especially when we were in the middle of a COVID-19 crisis, we both agreed that it would make sense to come back because you're one of the pioneering advocates for life planning, which is kind of an offshoot of financial planning, but I'll let you describe it more. Um, and I thought you would be a great guest to tell people more about how you can explore a really meaningful life in the financial planning process. Thanks. Uh, I, I actually would put the uh, term financial life planning because it's not uh, anything goes. It's really how we use finances in our lives in a way to enhance our lives. Um, what financial life planning does is it recognizes that money really is a means to something, and it's not just an end in of itself. As younger planners, as you know, we are taught to ask people what they want to accomplish uh, financially in their lives. When do you want to retire? How many kids do you have? Do you want to send them to college? How much do you want to contribute to that? Those types of things. And then we are trained to figure out how do you get from point A to point B and as hopefully a most direct line and as efficiently as possible. And uh, so there's some financial calculations that go into that. And over time, there's uh, technical expertise that is developed because clients have more and more complex financial issues uh, in terms of retirement plans, estate planning, uh, many, many areas that touch on financial uh, uh, decisions that they need to make. And it's our job to help them make good financial decisions. However, reaching financial goals is not necessarily the be-all and end-all. Early on in my career, I know I, I ran across the old adage of uh, someone who was climbing the ladder of success and uh, found out that they, when they got to the top, that they had climbed, that the ladder was perched against the wrong wall. And so the question is, how do we find out what the right wall is, what it is that really matters, and that we're headed in the right direction? And financial life planning is a, uh, a methodology, if you will, towards getting at those deeper questions of 
what is it that you're trying to accomplish, not just financially in your life, but what are you trying to accomplish in life? And then let's use our financial uh, means to, uh, to pursue those things that are going to make our life more meaningful rather than just more, more wealthy from a purely financial standpoint. That's right. I think that people sometimes don't know that they have permission to think about more than the dollars and cents when it comes to financial planning. And certainly there's a certain basic level of, you know, taking care of business that needs to occur to, to have a safety net and, and to be okay in your day to day and, and over time. But if you kind of get the basics of financial, um, a, a financial start, then you have the opportunity if you if you choose to do so to get a little more um, uh, thoughtful and 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 think about the meaning of of what you want to do and what your money how that money fits into your overall purpose and um, that's a big deal and you you may need a guide to help you get there or you probably do indeed. Um, And it's not right for every uh, individual. Some people don't want to go there, and that's fine. Uh, We can serve them in whatever capacity they need uh, help with. Uh, As many early planners, uh, anybody that's been in the business for some length of time, we all have clients that uh, come in that we've met with for many, uh, uh, several years, anyways. And for some reason, the conversations just seem to flow, and we get very quickly get beyond with certain clients. It just seemed to happen randomly early on when I was planning that we'd get into very deep discussions uh, very quickly about about things that were going on in their lives, and it went well beyond just the financial questions that they had. Though again, sometimes the financial end. Uh, played into it, but it was not the dominant uh, aspect of the conversations. And those conversations were were very, uh, very meaningful uh, to me, and, and they always felt good. So I was always looking for some way to systematically uh, pursue this type of conversation and have more of them uh, with clients. So that is what led me to uh, perk my ears up when financial life planning first became uh, a uh, separate uh, discipline that's part of the financial planning uh, process. And that happened in the early 2000s, really, where it began to emerge as, a, as an area of interest and, and examination. Well, the first thing that I think of when I uh, when I heard um, what led you into being interested in financial life planning is that when you get to that level where you're you're really getting deeper or more philosophical, that that's where you know kind of the the true wisdom of financial planning tends to occur. So, of yeah, course. It's, it's- it's the art uh, of yes. financial planning. Uh, there's certainly uh, a need for the technical part of financial planning and to be an expert in in that uh, as well, because you, you need to uh, know your craft. But beyond that, this is where, uh, again, the art and uh, uh, and really the 
for me, the great interest in in financial uh, planning was we're dealing with people, uh, not we're not dealing with the the we're handling their money. We're really focused on helping people uh, live live better lives. Right. I would as a practitioner myself, I would describe those moments as is the um, equivalent of kind of a runner's high where you're, you, things are, um, you know, slowing down and just you, you feel the real purpose and um, contentment and work and you can't go into every meeting. And, and that, that is not the objective of every meeting that you're having or, or, or every planning engagement. But when you, when you sit down with a client who really wants to do that higher level work and, and you can both be thoughtful and, um, there's a, there's a level of creativity that fits in with that art, um, that, um, that all is, is, can be extraordinarily powerful. It can, it can change a life. Um, so tell me in the two thousands, there was more of a formalized movement, which has continued to grow for life planning. Can you tell me more about, you know, what type of education and what the process is? Yeah, one of the early practitioners and often called the father of of financial life planning is uh, actually a friend of mine, uh, George Kinder, who helped develop a methodology uh, for uncovering uh, what is really essential in people's lives to to live a great life. Uh, And uh, it's a very intensive process uh, that can take place over a period of a couple of months uh, where you go through a a very disciplined series of of questions and then follow those wherever the questions lead. Um, And those three questions actually become spread far beyond just the uh, Kinder uh, Institute and and his uh, his uh, disciples, if you will. Uh, but it's the there are three questions that he asks that have become very famous. And the first question is, if you had all the money that you need to live a rich and satisfying life, uh, what would you do with that money? How would you spend it? What are the things that you would bring into your life that might not be fully developed? Uh, and so that's a that's kind of an easy question. A lot of people have, have fantasized about what they might do if they had lots of money. The second question is, goes a little bit deeper, and it says if you have only five years to, uh, you go to the doctor, basically, and the doctor says, well, I've got bad news for you. There's there's a silver lining, and the, but the bad news is that sometime between five and seven years from now, uh, you you're going to die. We we you've got a condition that is going to clearly uh, end end in death uh, during that time frame. The good news is that you're going to feel just fine all the time between now and and the moment that that occurs. Uh, but but it's a finite amount of time, and your task is to figure out what are you going to do in that five to seven years? How are you going to spend the time that you, you have remaining? So that's that's be, it gets a little bit more existential. Then the last question goes even deeper yet, and it's uh, now you go to the doctor again, and the doctor tells you, You've only got 24 hours to live. And the question is, 
what did you miss in your life? Who did you not get to become? And understand that the question is not how would you spend those 24 hours, but what is it that you didn't get to do? What what regrets do you have? How who is it that you were meant to be that that didn't happen? And often uh, those three questions in that sequence can lead uh, and then skillfully used to pursue the, the answers and deepen the answers and really open up possibilities is, the, uh, is one of the ways that uh, financial life planning is, is pursued. Um, we all have um, basically four resources in our lives that impact the outcome of, of, of what what we do, and it's time, our time, our money, our energy, and our talent. And our job is, as financial life planners, is to help optimize all of those uh, four items to help clients live their best life. And our attitudes around money tends to optimize the other three areas of time, energy, and talent. So our our uh, task is to bring to bear those things that are really going to help our clients live the examined life and live the great life that they were meant to live. There's so much wrapped into the, that last, you know, three or four minutes of what you laid out, Dan. I wonder, we've been very clear in kind of preparing for this podcast that you're not going to use examples from the life planning process. It's so personal that we don't want to, you know, kind of violate the privacy or, or um, sacred nature of any of the work that you've done. But anecdotally, just like in hypothetical conversation, what might come out of those discussions? Because I can imagine both a lot of emotions and also, you know, big, powerful revelations that may completely change the course of a life if someone really devoted themselves to these questions. Absolutely. Uh- the outcomes that uh, when when people talk about their dreams, frequently they are focused in one of a few areas. Uh, sometimes it's a sense of place that they've always dreamed that they might uh, live in the mountains or live by the ocean or something like that. So. Uh, and, and having that sense of place is necessary for them to have peace of mind. I had an aunt that was uh, just, uh, that, was, that was her uh, situation. And uh, she ended up living by the ocean, which was what she really needed to, to be comfortable. Uh, more commonly than that, uh, spiritual uh, lives, uh, people, are really interested in pursuing a spiritual path, however they might define that. It might be traditional religious path, but it might be uh, other types of spiritual activities. Family uh, issues are frequently a uh, the, the love of family, the need to spend time with family, the inability to be there for family. 
uh, in, in the past may, may be a regret and there may be ways to make uh, inroads in that or spend more time with family. The creative life uh, is, is another area. So you might have a corporate executive who's always dreamt of, uh, of being a painter and that's really where their passion is. Uh, I, I have a friend who's uh, a, an avid musician uh, but he's an attorney, he's a litigator, but his, his real love is, is being a musician. And so freeing up time and bringing that into our lives sooner rather than waiting until we're in retirement to pursue those dreams is really uh, a focus of, of where we might uh, uh, spend some time. That makes sense. And I, I think in my discussions with clients too, when you identify what possibilities you want to pursue, then you get back to that technical financial planning where you have a baseline and you say, what are the implications if you may need to compromise here or there or make adjustments and how can we leverage those financial resources to pursue the, you know, the quality of your time or your energy or your talent um, sometimes I tell people that we are trying to maximize their current life while protecting their future life. Yeah, and so, excellent. you know, that not every time you sit down with a financial advisor or an investment person, are you going to be given permission to have these types of conversations? But there are practitioners out there who would actually encourage these conversations and who are trained in, in how to navigate them. Really, really good points, Melissa. Yeah, these are these are things that um, aren't always pursued, uh, but are are critically important. And there are other counselors that can help lead to the answer of, well, what do you want in your life, and and how is it that uh, uh, your current life isn't lending uh, uh, lending yourself to moving in that direction. But often those efforts get stalled because ultimately there's a significant financial component to being able to get from here to there. And so financial planners, financial advisors are well suited towards this work in terms of being able to problem solve and creatively uh, help clients think about alternatives that can actually bring those, those things into their lives uh, sooner or entirely um, than they would otherwise happen. I wonder for you, did the pursuit of life plan, financial life planning impact your decision to kind of retire at the peak of your game? You weren't, a lot of financial planners work into their 70s or 80s even, um, and you are a very active retiree who still talks to, I believe, your study group of other financial planners, and um, you are still thinking about, you know, all of the all of the areas of um, investments and financial planning. But you're you're not currently working in that field. Did did the life planning process impact your decision making? I would say probably the other way around. Uh, my personal proclivities led to my interest in uh, financial life planning. I had uh, uh, long sought to put myself in a position where 
I could retire if uh, if I wanted to, uh, which I accomplished. Uh, I, I uh, semi-retired at age 55 and um, and fully retired uh, at 60. Uh, and that was, and it's because I, I did pursue some other things that were interesting to me at, at the time. And, and I knew I wanted to be there and I wanted to bring that type of freedom uh, into other people's lives. So that's, that's how I got interested in financial life planning. Where do you see this going in the future? Is it a, um, well, do you think there will be more of a um, kind of melding where the technical world of financial planning gets closer to the financial life planning? Do you think there will be continue to be kind of offshoots or, or as you've, you know, cause I know you continue to talk to the financial life planning community and, and um, maintain your, your practitioner, you know, designation there. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that it is actually becoming more widespread and even for uh, people that have not yet uh, formally been trained in, say, the kinder uh, methodology, uh, it is uh, still becoming more mainstream in asking these types of questions and pursuing these types of, uh, of questions with, with clients. And uh, there was a early on, uh, one of the heads of one of the professional organizations in financial planning uh, basically was trained in in this, and he said, "This is financial planning done right." Uh, and and so, I think experienced and caring practitioners pick up on this and and do have these types of conversations with their clients, whether they're uh, formally called financial life planning or not. And I, I know, uh, Melissa, you have a lot of these con- conversations with with your clients. I've I've uh, I, I've I've seen them, and uh, and I know it's embedded in your in pro planning's values. Uh, the uh, courageous authenticity is one of your values. To be honest with yourself and others about who you are and what you want, even if your truth is messy or scary. Well, that's part and parcel of financial life planning. That's exactly what it's doing. It's seeking the truth. Uh, what is uh, what are your money scripts? What are who who, what did you learn early on uh, and, and is embedded that is keeping you from, from meeting those things that are really important? And, and gratitude and abundance, uh, seeking uh, positive perspective about possibilities. That's another one of your values. And I know you live those. We do. And, and not everybody, that's not, not typically our first conversation. So we can kind of give some previews because really in the beginning, people are often coming with anxiety or shame um, in that mm-hmm. um, that they feel so vulnerable um, talking about money because in many cases they have either have talked with financial professionals that don't have that um, relational mentality. Um, that's why they probably reached out to somebody else and right. then, or they haven't worked with a um, financial planner before, and and they think they're coming with their balance sheets and their their statements, and certainly they are doing that. But hopefully, the conversation goes deeper over time. Um, so I think first we're kind of allaying anxieties or fears and getting a sense that you know hopefully things are going well or there's a path to better. But then over time, certainly I I know that 
you know, the questions become um, what is enough, which even is kind of an, um, an even deeper concept than that gratitude and abundance. It's not always more, but it's what, what is contentment for you. And then, um, you know, thinking and giving permission to pursuing dreams that you may or may not know that you have, but you have a, you know, the desire to, um, to think through things as we, because a financial planning relationship is always over time, as you know, it's not transactional or a moment it, um, when done right. So. Yeah. We're all flawed. We're all, all human and all have our own, uh, stuff around money. Uh, there, there are actually two books that I'd recommend to you. Great. That's what you you anticipate. You make my job easy. (laughs) That was going to be my next question. What are the resources people who, who feel a connection to this conversation can, can use? Well, a couple of books uh, you might want to uh, consider uh, buying. One is called uh, the uh, Wit, the Financial Wisdom of Ebenezer, of Ebenezer Scrooge uh, by uh, Rick Kaler, K-A-H-L-E-R, who's a uh, advisor in uh, in South Dakota, and uh, it explores the concept of money scripts. What uh, scripts. Those are those are ideas that run through our heads that we don't even know we have often. That are the hardwired re- behavioral responses around money mm-hmm. actions that we take. So he he talks about obviously uh, Ebenezer Scrooge was hardwired to to be a miser and to to grasp for. For everything because scarcity his, mentality yes scarcity mentality his, his life was hard and by golly he wasn't gonna be found without money uh another financial script was that was just as negative was bob cratchit uh his his clerk uh bob cratchit kept working for this this miser who would every every day going in who he was paid poorly he was hardly given a vacation he had to ask for christmas off and that grudgingly uh and bob cratchit was willing to put up with this because he was uh, somehow his script was that money was hard to get and he needed to hold on to whatever he had uh even though it wasn't enough to 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 feed his family and he didn't have a great life to live. So, so anyways, this, uh, this book is, uh, talks about, uh, how we all have those and how we might break out of those. The wisdom of Ebenezer Scrooge, by the way, was the ability of him to, uh, to work out of his own money script and become generous late in his life. A second book is, uh, one by George Kinder called the seven, uh, stages of money maturity. Uh, which talks about some of the ways that we think about money and some of the common uh, uh, ways that we get in our own way and how to over over time break out of that. Uh, it's it's a good book. Um, and if you're interested in pursuing, uh, uh, you know, looking at it, there is a registry of, of financial life planners, um, uh, but. Uh, again, any good planner will will start to have uh, these discussions if you're interested in having them. So that would be uh, uh, my my advice. Just seek out somebody who's open to those types of discussions. Well, we'll make sure to link to both those books as well as the registry of life planners 
And I do encourage people to, you know, um, make space for these types of conversations, whether they're with a professional or they're with your um, spouse or partner or, or important people in your life so that you can give yourself permission to ask what's missing, ask what you need more of or, or what needs to change. And those answers, I'm assuming, you know, the financial life planning process is not a one and done type process, right? Now it's, it's a, it is a process that is an ongoing process. Every couple of years, we uh, bring up those questions again and uh, try to examine what's changed, what needs to be examined again. Well, in, at Pearl Planning, we like to say no grit, no pearl, that an irritation can turn into something beautiful. And in so many, in so many ways, this, this financial life planning process is something where you're evaluating, you know, what feels good in your life, what you need more of, what are the pain points or what, you know, what is, where are the voids? So I think it fits right in with, with the conversations that we like to have, which can be either perceived as difficult or, or perhaps extraordinarily powerful. Exactly. Thank you for this discussion and for the introduction into financial life planning, Dan, and it's always Good to have you on the show. So I'm sure we'll think of another reason to get you back here sometime soon. Well, it's my pleasure. I appreciate the, the opportunity. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.